It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class is now in session here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Lax Class 144 is a go. Thanks for joining us. Jake Elliott here, and uh, I'm not going to waste any time getting my co-host in here. It is not Brad Challoner this week. It is not Evan Schemenauer this week. This guy's been on the podcast a couple of times. It took him a while to actually subscribe to the podcast uh, and actually listen to the podcast. He's taking it a step further and actually co-hosting the podcast with me for, well, I want to say the next few weeks anyways, hopefully, as it is the owner, the president, and the general manager of the Toronto Rock, also a friend of mine, and one Jamie Dowick on the program here, co-hosting. Jamie, welcome uh, to Lax Class. Thanks so much for doing this. This is, a, this is a big treat for me. I'm really excited about it, and I'm happy that you're doing it. How's it going? It's good, man. It's good. Thanks for having me. And, and my feelings are the exact same. I'm, uh, you know, I think you do a great job with this podcast and getting lacrosse information to everyone. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to help fill in for the next couple of weeks and, uh, and, and kind of, uh, ride, ride shotgun here with you. So I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, Looking forward to talking some lacrosse. Me too, and and let's get real here, right off the top. Like you, you offered up your services because you you got a little frustrated with me and Evan getting some stuff wrong when it when it comes to like transactions and contract statuses and stuff like that. And you're like, like I'll I'll come on, I'll do it, I'll set you straight, I'll tell you what's up. So so that was kind of the preface of it, <laughs> and uh, and we'll get into some of that stuff. I know, like I'm trying to think when we kind of became like and i consider you a friend jamie i know you're the owner and and the gm of the toronto rock but i think our relationship goes a little deeper than that for people that don't know like we we talk from time to time and and when i'm in ontario we hang out when you come out this way we we get together and and we've become friends over the years i'm trying to think like i think shooter introduced us what back in like 2014 something like that yeah, I mean, yeah, it has been a long time now, and uh, you know, we've never actually, other than doing a few podcasts, you know, yeah, we've actually more friends than you know, business relationships. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we talk more as friends than know, we, we do lacrosse, really. Right, and uh, so it's been it's been great, and yeah, I believe it was Shooter that introduced us, and uh, you know, my West Coast buddy, and and always look forward to coming to see you when we we come out west and and Well, listen. You know, back to your comment I said earlier about uh, correcting things. That's you know the, the funny thing with podcasts, right? You do them and they're not live, and so you're saying something, and I, I'm texting you, and it's two <laughs> yeah. days later, and it's in the middle of the night when I'm listening or whatever. I wake so, up to a text uh, at six in the morning, and you've already blown my phone up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like jumbo. You guys are so wrong. Uh, anyway, well, this is no, good. You do not. Yeah, no, it is good. I, th- I think it'll be a lot of fun. Like I said, uh, 
you know, I'm happy just to be sitting shotgun with you. Well, I got to get this story in because I, I wish, like, we met in 2014, I think, and I wish it was a year earlier because I, I think you recall this. I was working for the Minnesota Swarm, and the Toronto Rock were in town at the XL Energy Center. Well, most of them, anyways, as there was a massive snowstorm, and the game was going on TSN. Shani and I think it was Randorf who was doing play-by-play could not get to Minnesota, but Claude Fag was there. He made it, and like the decision came down. Like, what are we gonna do here? I didn't really know you at the time. I was doing play-by-play for Minnesota, and I was thinking, man, like, please, please, please give me a chance. And I think if we would have known each other back then, I probably would have slid into the chair. But Claude ended up doing the game, and no disrespect to Claude, but he's not a play-by-play guy, and I was so frustrated that I didn't get that opportunity. You remember that, the snowstorm back in Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah, we got stuck. I told that story on the back of the bird. We got stuck there for like two days after that game. That's right. We you know, I can remember T sending a few of the rookies to the liquor store, and they came back with like two of those luggage carts just full because um, we were stuck there for two days. So what uh, else are you gonna? Yeah, do? no, I mean that's 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 when we would have around the time we would have met, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember you doing that stupid little Minnesota dance in in Toronto when they knocked us off as the five seed, and we were, you know, so, I've grown but, up uh, since then, man. Yeah, that was, that was a, you've moved on. Yes. You moved on. It was a long time ago. Yes, it was. Uh, well, right now you're what you're in Halifax right now, and I know you you got some big dinners that you've been going to and stuff. What are you What are you doing back in Halifax? Who are you seeing? Who are you talking to? Back there. Well, I'm actually yeah, I'm actually here on a little. Um, I'm actually on Cape Breton Island oh, okay. right now. Um, we're I'm on a golf trip with uh, seven other guys. We had this plan to go last year. And obviously got shut down with COVID, um, so we rescheduled. So we're we're at Cabot's Cliff for a few days. Then oh, we're going man. down to Fox Harbor, and we're basically playing seven rounds in six days. Um, and it's you know we've played two already. It's, it's just, and those are like some of the nicest it's, courses it's, in the country, right? Like if I'm not mistaken, the, Cabot the views Cliff. the the views are just like. I mean, I've never been to Pebble Beach, but obviously you've seen that on TV. And, you know, on the Cliffs course, you know, there are three or four holes at the end of the course where you're right on the ocean. And if you... If you go right, you're you're down a cliff 300 feet, and it, it, <laughs> bring it's, some extra it's balls. Wild. It's, <laughs> how you swinging? You know it, what? How you swinging? Uh, actually, I've been struggling struggling real bad the first two days. Uh, I'm having a problem getting off the tee, and that's the other thing. Like once you know, once you're off the fairway, you're either off a cliff or you're in. <laughs> right. You know, there's a lot of fescue. So there's been a lot of reloading off oh, the tee, man. and. Uh, you know, I still got five more rounds to, to make a better showing of myself. And what I'm this definitely having? And this is like a crew that sorry. you that you run with all the time. Like, can you mention who these guys are? Are these just like childhood buddies or or business associates? No, it's or... really for me. Um, the two guys, the, you know, the two guys that I'm close with. Two of the guys, really. Um, one of them's a good high school buddy of mine that we've been real friends for a long time, and then. Uh, you know, his uncle through marriage, another guy I'm really close with, 
the three of us have been playing in the Canadian Open Pro Am for you know twenty years together. Yeah, you get to do that. So, and then, That's and really, really cool. the whole crew. The whole crew's from it's, it's kind of a Muskoka crew. They're all members at Ovenberg Golf Course, and I'm kind of just. I, I'm kind of the odd man out a little bit here, even though I know all the guys. Like they're all pretty tight and play together all the time. So, uh, but we got a good crew and we're doing it right. And uh, you know, I'm enjoying myself. I bet. I bet. Maybe I can hop along next year. That t- I haven't swung my golf. Like, I've been playing a lot of disc golf lately. I don't know if you've ever played disc golf yeah. before, Jamie, but I haven't been playing any ball golf. I gotta get. I gotta get the wrenches out uh, out of storage and, and get a couple rounds in here before. The summer's only over. I... Go ahead. Sorry, I was no, no, no. cut you off. Disc, like a... disc golf, the only time I ever played, I lived in North Van for one year. Yeah. When I was like 18, and that'd be the only time I ever played disc golf. But I hear you talking about it all the time, and it always makes me think back to when I was out there. It's the only place I've ever seen disc golf. Yeah, there's a bunch of, bunch of, apparently there's some really good courses in Ontario. I'm actually going to try and bring my bag back with me because I'm going to to the Turtle Dome. I don't know if there's anything that close. What's a, what's a, what's a disc golf bag? Just a bag of Frisbee? Yeah, well, essentially it's like a bag of golf clubs, man. You have like drivers and mid-range discs and putters yeah and you have like you even have like the little like mini discs that you mark your disc with like you would mark your ball on on a green with so there's discs that go kind of you know that'll go hard left there's discs that'll go hard right there's ones that fly straight far like yeah so everything's a little bit different so you know like i carry around probably nine ten discs in my bag and and then a few putters for practicing and stuff it's 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 legit man it's it's pretty cool you should check it out we'll, we'll do that We'll do that one time. I'd love Absolutely. To do and the best part about it, not that it that would affect you at all, but it's free. Like, you just got to buy your, your discs, and, and then you're good to go. Like, there's courses in Japan and stuff where they're, like, on legit golf courses where you do have to pay to play. But around here, you can just walk into the park and, and start chucking, man. That's pretty That's neat. That's cool. Yeah. Um, cool. What else, dude? Like, you you're a big poker guy i know that and and obviously you haven't been able to play in the world series for the last couple of years anyways what's the plan this year are you going to try and make an effort if if the border swings open in time well yeah i mean camp's a factor like i think i think actually and i gotta verify this but i believe they're playing the main event in november this year mm. um so I, i'm kind of loosely planning on going might have something in the works okay. with the Toronto Rock and a oh. new partner and, you know, like, uh, you know, might be a good thing for me to go down there and do and represent. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, you know, I, I've been, I've been, you know, staying sharp, playing a little bit here and there, a little bit online and a little bit, uh, well, I guess really just online because of this beautiful yeah. pandemic, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about it. I mean, uh, I'd, I'd like to get back. I think I think I played in the last one. Um, I don't think there's been one since since I last played in it. So hopefully, um, my facts are right about November. Hopefully, I can squeeze that in around training camp. Okay, um, I'll put the offer out there again, Jamie. You need somebody on the rail supporting you? Like, uh, look look no further, man. I'll I'll be that guy for you. Hey, I don't okay, think that's good to yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think. I've ever asked you this. Uh, tell me how the game of lacrosse, you got attracted to the game of lacrosse. Like I know your sons are playing and, and you're like your own in teams and stuff, but what made you, what attracted to you to the sport originally? You know, that's a, here, here you go. 
That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, listen, it's a, it's a really wild story, to be honest with you. A buddy of mine in high school had season's tickets to the Rock at the Gardens, and he took me down to a few games. So, you know, obviously any one that ever went to one of those games, I mean, we're talking about sold-out gardens, just a crazy atmosphere the here there for the first yeah. couple of years. And so I went with him, and, you know, just a casual fan, really hadn't played or, you know, I didn't really know too much about it before then. Really enjoyed myself. Uh, you know, my best friend's married. One of my best friends is married to uh, Dan Dawson and Paul Dawson's sister. So around that time, Dan was playing in Arizona. And, you know, I was started following the NLL pretty closely, following Dan along. My son started playing. I mean, really, the first sport you can sign your kids up for is soccer or lacrosse. I think the youngest age. And, you know, I wasn't really a soccer guy, even though we probably did sign them up for that. Who but we is? signed them up yeah. for, lacro- for lacrosse, and my kids fell in love with it. So, you know, a few years had elapsed, my kids playing, getting involved that way, following Dan along, um, you know. And then one day Dan Dawson called me and just said, hey, you know, I've heard the Rock are looking, you know, the Rock is for sale, and, you know, I know we've talked about it loosely about owning an NLL team before. And my kind of thing was, I'd love to own one, but it's got to be in the city I live in. Like, yeah. I'm going to be involved. I, I don't want to be, you know, live in a different market. And, uh, you know, the one day he called me, told me it was it was for sale, made the connection. Uh, Did you know, you know Bill Waters and, and that group before, like, you, you had that I know I I didn't know any of them uh, you know I did know a couple people very kind of remotely some of the smaller owners in the deal but uh I did I dealt with Brad Waters the entire time yeah uh, uh the transaction point and um uh, you know it, it, it Brad was was great to work with and you know the trans the transaction was uh smooth so it was just it was really weird how it all kind of came together and and, you know, I never thought the Toronto Rock would, would, you know, be available or be for sale. And, and, you know, the moment it came up, I really jumped on it pretty quickly. And, you know, 12 years later, I have zero regrets. And, and you know, I've never enjoyed what I do anymore in my life. So, yeah, well, um, you've, you've gone you on know, and, and here we are. Yeah, built a, a, you know, what, $20 million practice facility. You've, you've purchased the Oakville Rock as well. Um, so you're fully immersed. Like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think you got a little mini rink in the backyard at, at, at your estate there, don't you? <laughs> I do have a little rink in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, the kids kind of outgrown it. Yeah. It was uh, real real good when they were small for three-on-three games. But, yeah, now they've kind of outgrown it. Yeah, listen, um, you know, it wasn't just about uh, buying the Toronto Rock. It was about, you know, growing the game and and when i say growing the game i'm talking about putting my money where my mouth is yeah. and, and well, certainly you know that, we we focus you know it's not just about the toronto rock it's about lacrosse in general for us starting with those three-year-old kids and you know i love still being involved with all those kids and you know now with our rock stars program i mean i just wish we had that in place when my kids were around yeah. but you know, we got that going now. And, and listen, I'm all about building the game, building the game in Canada. You know, um, we feel like we've 
completed the facility now with the second turf. And, you know, I really believe like, you know, we have the best lacrosse specific oh, yeah. facility it's, in the world. It's there. not even and, close. Uh, man. It's not even close. Last second couple, place. Last three weeks of the junior a junior stuff's been awesome. The major's been awesome. I mean, just been so great to do you ever just you know have lacrosse going on there like almost every night yeah just been unbelievable totally man and and i've been watching all of it we're gonna talk about uh we should probably say what we got coming on here on the show here we're going guest free because uh we're having this chat and, and things will be a little bit different next week we got three hall of famers left to do and i'm hoping you'll be on board for all three here as we really we we've saved almost uh the best for last year john grant jr casey powell and and Willie, Sean William Williams uh, left to do here. So we'll look forward to that. But we'll go guest free here. So we'll have quick set. We're going Canadian style this week, Jay. Normally we go four quarters. We're going three periods today. So we'll have uh, period number one. We still got the big focus coming up. So look forward to that. Quick sticks in quarter two, and then the Stampede Tax Stallion of the Week. And it just happens to be my selection. So no pressure. This week, Jamie, but I'll I'll have to send you the list of stallions so you can get a good taste of of what we're we're doing and talking about here when it comes to selecting our stampede stallions. Sound good? Nice. Yeah, I've been following along. I, I yeah, I love it. Few rock boys, it. few rock boys on the list there. And yeah, you've been you guys have been real good to the rock boys. I, I'm going to try and think of someone unrock related okay um for next week that's kind of my plan so i look forward to that sounds good um speaking of the rock we we should probably touch on that uh off to the hammer for the upcoming season and and you're talking about the maple leaf gardens and and how crazy and packed and wow like that's kind of how i envision hamilton becoming with that kind of blue collar cast of people there in the hammer like i think you can recreate that I really believe that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think the arena is great. I mean, they're doing some great things there. We're going to have a great schedule. You know, we're expecting Saturday night games. Something only you haven't had for years, Jamie, Saturday night games. Jumbo. I, like, I played, <laughs> there's been years where I play five games, five of my eight home games in five weeks straight, and then I play three over the course yeah. of three and a half months. Like, yeah. that's the part that people don't, understand like those those are the things that are that are huge factors in this and you know i think now we're looking at pretty well uh every other week saturday oh, night that's like that's exactly what you want right every other week right saturday we want it to be an event and a party and you know on friday nights is tough and and saturday nights are so much better for so many reasons and uh you know, regular regular games and and spacing them out yes, and and, yes, and you, yes. yeah, I'm 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 real. I mean, you know, listen, the first year um, we've had a great response from the Hamilton community and the surrounding areas, and you know, the first year is going to be a little tough, I think, because you know we're still coming out of some weird times, yeah. and you know, a lot of a lot of people are going through a lot of things, whether it be you know losing jobs and money, and Tell you know, me about so it. Yep. I, I think. I think year one's going to be uh, a little interesting, but, you know, hey, we're there long-term. You know, this is our home now, and, you know, I think we're going to put a good product on the floor, and that's going to help being, being in, a, you know, a new city. And, listen, at the end of the day, no traffic. We're playing 45 minutes down the road. So, um, 
you know, we didn't really move too far, but, but I'm optimistic about the potential to, you know, create that Saskatchewan kind of environment yeah. where, you know, Buffalo, like these, these teams that play in front of full buildings and the atmosphere is just that much better. Like I always used to say, we get 9,000 people out at Scotiabank and, you know, I was there when they sold that building out in 2015 as a fan, uh, watching uh sorry 2005 when they sold it out i mean it's just craziness and and i want to get that back a, there yeah the difference that a full building makes compared to a half full building the atmosphere is like night and day it is it is uh, it definitely is and 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 you know so that's our goal and i don't we don't feel like we've sacrificed on seats in, in at the first ontario center which is huge um, we still have an opportunity to get 17,000 people in there and, and, and that's our goal. And, and that's what we're looking to do. So my team's my, my, my team office staff is, has been working unbelievably hard throughout this whole process. And it was a challenge with COVID and everything, um, not being able to do a lot of stuff in person, but. I'm proud of the group, and, and I think they're doing, you know, they're setting us up. Well, give, stuff, give Hammer so. a shove. He can always work a little harder. And, and man, I think the, probably the most fired up guy is going to be uh, the voice of the Rocket and Andy McNamara, who's who's from Hamilton. Like, he, now no more uh, no more driving into the, the GTAs right there. That's that's good for him. Yeah, locker room's going to be pretty nice, too. So okay. It's, it's got a lot of... It's got a lot of lot of perks for us, and and uh, well, you being you know, the main tenant the is that, the key, right? Being the main tenant yeah. in a building is yeah. essentially like that's that's what you're looking for. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope I, I get to sneak in a trip to, to Hamilton to come check it out as well. Let's uh, let's dive into it here, Jamie, because we got we got some rock players to discuss and some other players to discuss as well. It's time for the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. The big focus. Big focus. You know what I did there, Jamie? I, I've never told people this, but I literally, like, I just went on YouTube and I and I put in big focus <laughs> in YouTube, and this crazy show, like, it's the only thing that came up, and and I, mm-hmm. I, I more or less I just hit record, and they, you know, every time they said big. <laughs> I just like clip, 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 clip. So that's that's where that comes from. If uh, in case you're that wondering. explains it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do wonder all the little segment intros. Big focus, stuff, focus, so big focus, big. So yeah, so the big focus this week is NLL free agent. It was the big focus last week. It's the big focus this week. NLL free agency has begun and. Some big names are on the move here. Uh, you've you've made a couple of signings as well, but I think probably the guy at the top of the list that might be the most interested. There's a couple guys, but Dan Coates, who rejected the franchise tag in Georgia, and then you, you kind of you had a good feeling that he wasn't going to resign there if he rejected. Even though Mike Poulin did that one year, but kind of for different reasons, signs in Rochester for a couple of years for Dan Carey that. That's a big get there for the Cahawks. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I from from what I was hearing, there was a lot of teams in on on Dan Coates there, and you know, he probably had quite a few options to choose from. 
you know, tough one for Georgia, um, you know, considering that, they, that they trade now that, looks that Williams deal, yeah, but, a little upside. You know, now. like once, once again, there's kind of a bit of a pandemic thing. Like, you know, it's like me, I, I sit here right now and, you know, I traded for Jason Noble and, and Mitch just knew almost probably two, two years ago now. And I haven't seen them pull on a rock Jersey yet. Yeah. So, um, Can you give you know, me an update on, on Jay Noble? I, I, like still unsigned, right? Uh, they, 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 yeah, but, yeah. I'll give you one. They're both done. They're oh. both signed. Just getting, just getting into the league. I, I, Breaking news. I'm pretty well. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty well done. Those two are both uh, signed to contracts, though, and uh, we're just submitting those. Uh, you know, those should come over the transaction wire in the next day or so. So nice. Uh, and, and it, yeah, Dan. Dan was a. Was, that was a big one, and I was curious. You know, I wasn't involved talking to Dan, but I was very curious to see what he would end up doing. And, you know, I wasn't convinced he wasn't going back to Georgia, you know, because that happened with Cooley a few years ago. Yeah. You know, and like I said, my my source, like I kind of hear that five or six teams had some some big offers on there. So uh, maybe explain this to me. Good for Rochester. And speaking of getting things wrong, and and like I had somebody ask me, the other day what would be the benefit of a player rejecting the franchise tag and like and i know it's different for years played your age comes into the factor of it as well some guys can reject it some guys can't i know you get a little you get max money but there's also restrictions to it like it takes a guy's free agency away if you slap the tag can you like lay out all the scenarios yeah. of why you would franchise a guy or maybe why you wouldn't franchise a guy. Yeah. So, okay. So basically here it is, is um, you can franchise one player. And if you franchise a guy, he gets paid 25% more than that max. Okay. So there's, there is a financial benefit for franchising that one player, any player 33 years or under that is franchised cannot reject the tag it is applied to them and you know there's that's I mean, it. really their option is is to either play under it or hold out they they can't go sign you and why would they why would they 33 Jimmy? or under you lose your you lose that unrestricted free agency um you know yeah but why thing. would so, why would a player hold out if you put the franchise tag on them why would they not want it well because they might a player might say oh well i was a ufa and i don't want to play here anymore okay you know for for something you know it, it may be playing somewhere that doesn't work for them with their job or their lifestyle so they're thinking okay i'm a free agent um i'm gonna go so and so because it works better for me and then boom they get franchise tags so you can go you know, you become an unrestricted free agent, I believe, at 30. So, you know, there's about three years there where, you know, the team can take away your unrestricted free agency until you reach, you know, 34. Quick question. Now, quick, quick question yes. first. Once you franchise a player and they have the tag on them, can you trade them to another team that already has a franchise tag on another player? You can't do that. Okay. Because then you'll have two players on the franchise tag. Okay. So that team that already franchised a player cannot trade for a player who's been franchised. Right. Okay. Right. 
while while a guy is under because you're only allowed to have one franchise tag on your team. One more. Can so, you can one more? Can you pay a guy franchise money without tagging him? Sure, you can give him uh, max, and then compensate the difference between max and franchise money with bonuses. Do you lose the tag when you do that? No. Okay. But you have a limited bonus money that you can use. So Mm. it's not like you can just go around. I mean, you know, it's not like you can just go around and doing that with a bunch of people. And what happens if you go over or can you just not go over? You can go, you can go, Oh, go over what the like cap is like the luxury tax. You can go over. It's just, you, you know, you only have so like you can go over, but you can only go max on a contract, and then you can add bonus money. Okay. And bonus money, you know, there's there's a minimum you have, you have to, pay to tax spend. There's a the maximum you, you can spend. If you go over, but if you go over the luxury tax, you're paying a tax back to the league on top of that. Okay, that's that's the question. Um, one so more. Let me one, jump one, in one, 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 rejecting one, it. Okay, okay but give okay, me okay, give me okay. give me one more here because I'm on a roll. I don't want to forget yeah. this. Uh, and and I don't even know if you can answer this, but why does the league not provide? I don't like a money aside. What guys are getting paid, but their contract statuses. Why is this not readily available to media and and the public alike? Well, it should be. It should be, but why is it not? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. Oh, there's. That's a. <laughs> That's too, Jay. Oh, there you go again. <laughs> I, you know, let, listen. I mean, uh, you know, that that stuff needs. Like, we want to become bigger and better and more mainstream, and we're getting well, TV media deals and gambling, that, that, that injury reports needs to like, be needs to be available, and it's out there for for all of us. So to me, it's not difficult to get that out there. Um, you know, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's okay. very tough for people outside of the lacrosse world to really know, you know, what a guy's status is, what that even means. You know, what's an A two, what's an A three. Yeah. I mean, it is it is it is complicated. So, yeah. um, well, especially you know, with gambling we, we coming do, up, we do need to do a better job as a as a league getting that information, uh, making it available. One hundred percent. I'm glad so, you're on board. And and with um, gambling coming in, like I think that's one of the biggest things that that we need to kind of figure out, Jamie, is injury reports and guys holding back their roster until an hour before game time on who's playing, who's starting. Like this is, but got this has got to become, I've never bought into that. No. Stuff, and, and man. some do, I, some listen, don't. Man, I worry. I, I just worry about my team, man. And, and, you know, if, they, if you've got a real, you know, injury reports, this and that, and it's like, you know, People practice at the track and they get worried that I'm watching their practice. I'm like, listen, dude, like, come watch my practice. It's open to the public. You're welcome to come watch. Like, well, you don't know my team. Like, we all know everything. The video's out there. Like, the video is there. Absolutely. At the end of the day, you got to go out there and you got to be better than the other team. So, let me me keep going on this. Yes, yes, yeah. Free agency agency over 34. Yeah. Why would a guy reject the tag? Well, he. it, it could happen for two reasons. Number one, I would say in the Dan Coates case, he didn't want to go back to Georgia. So he rejected the tag so he could listen to all of his offers. Um, you know, in the Mike Poulin situation, my belief there was... He took a haircut so they could spend money somewhere else, right? No, he didn't take a haircut, but 
by them offering him the franchise tag, there was a big bump in his salary. And by him rejecting it, I believe they didn't have to apply the difference in his salary from the year before mm. to the new deal against the luxury tax. So if he made thirty grand the year before and he rejects the tag and they end up paying him fifty, let's say, you know, for the current year, his number would have only counted thirty against the the, the cap. And I, I believe that's what the only reason why that all happened because you know they could pay him. You know that that's the only reason why that yeah. would. And happen. it only so lasts was, one year, right? That the franchise tag is right. one year, one year only. Right, it's a one year thing, and and well, no, that's not true. You could sign someone to a franchise tag for three years. Um, really? Yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. And some teams do that. They'll. You know they'll they'll sign a guy to the franchise tag for for two or three years. I you know, Sean Evans. I think you know over the last couple of years, Ryan Vanesh might have been on one mm. between Colorado and some of his teams and on on a couple year deals. So, um, you know it, it's all it's all about you know the the biggest thing is with it is not only you can pay the guy a little more that way, but you know you take away his right to to go to another market. Yeah, you control them. You control them, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So you, you take away their the, the what they've earned, you know, and that's why you can only do it to one guy. And, and the idea, I think, behind that long before I came around was, you know, a lot of guys do, as they get older, want to go back to sure. what's more convenient for them, whether it's Toronto or Vancouver or they're from the States or whatever it might be. And, you know, just saying, like, listen, I can't lose my best player, my franchise player, you know, after only maybe five or six years type deal. So that, Do you, that's, does that I ever get contentious with guys like when the, you know they don't want the franchise tag, but you're almost like backed into a corner like, dude, I have to do this because I, otherwise I know yeah. I'm going to lose. Like, does it ever get like a little awkward between? Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it does. I, I haven't really experienced that in Toronto. I don't even know, to be honest with you, if I've used the franchise tag once in my 12 years here. Um, you know, because of my situation, obviously, with a lot of local players. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they're not looking to really leave once they're getting older. They're looking to come here when they go to older. But, yeah, I'm sure it does, absolutely, because, you know, there'll be certain players that, you know, make more than the franchise money, whether it be through, you know, just max and bonus and, and whatever. And all the rest of it, yeah. um, so, you, so they're really know that at the end of the day, they're going to get the money anyways, but they're, they're taking away their freedom. And, and if a guy's looking forward to that and obviously wants to leave, then they're not going to be too happy about that, even though they're getting compensated well, because they were getting compensated well anyways. So, um, I, I definitely think it, it it could do a little bit, but you know it's it, it, it's it is part of the game, is. right? Like, and and I think it is. I think Dan Richardson and you're getting paid twenty five percent more than maximum. So yeah, I, you know it's uh, I, I, you know we have to do this to protect teams that are maybe in less desirable markets for players. Sure, um, you know. And, Competitive balance is hugely Well, at the end of the day, so, it's an investment for you. You want to protect your investment, right? Like uh, you guys are yeah, putting a lot of money on yeah. the line here, and, and you want to have some control. I think yeah, I think Dan said it best to Steve Ewan in, a, in an article in the province that I read that, 
you know, like you can't be mad in free agency when a player who has earned the right to become an unrestricted free agent decides to go somewhere else because it's a two-way street, right? Like he has attracted a lot of unrestricted free agents away from other teams to come to Vancouver. And he just so happened to lose his captain and, and probably his best defender in Matt Beers to a loaded Saskatchewan rush team. But like you said, he can't be upset about it because he's taken other free agents away from other guys. And at the end of the day, that's Matt's decision. And if that's what Matt wanted to do, he's earned that right. Right. And because the, okay. And here, let's go a little further because they have Mitch Jones on the franchise tag. They could not tag Matt beers. Right. And Matt beers is not is 31. So if they had tagged him, he could not have left. So, so they had a choice know, between mean, Jones and beers essentially. Well, if they just signed Jones, which I think they did in the last couple months, yep. you know, he could have waited to August 1st, right. listened to his options, and then made a decision. So, you know, yes, I mean, I guess they, they you know, maybe they couldn't get a contract done with Mitch without putting the franchise tag on him. Yeah. I don't know that information. Yeah. Either do but, I. Either do you I. know, I mean, essentially, I guess they did choose him over Beers or or maybe they thought Beers wasn't going anywhere or, yeah. you know, who knows. But that that's the whole one thing. And, and their tag had been used. So the, the, they had to just roll the dice on Beers and hope they could get him back, assuming they wanted him back. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a tough one, no doubt about it. But they get Dinsdale coming back the other way. And, and I know Marty quite well. And, and I think he's going to be a great fit there in Vancouver. And let's not forget uh, the likes of Garrett McIntosh and Brett Mitski coming into that Vancouver lineup. So, I you know, and rebowering. <laughs> guy, I was watching him at the WLA Future Stars. I don't know if you checked any of that out, Jamie, but – Holy cow, this this kid is going to be an absolute superstar, yeah. I'm telling you right now. So, they'll be okay. Um, you got uh, a couple of guys, uh, Danny Dawson done. You got Nikki Rose done. What about uh, one Adam Jones, who seems to be a bit of a mystery? Any update on him? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, communica- a lot of communication between me and Adam. Um, you know, Adam's just figuring out what his plan is and, and – you know, if, if uh, you know, he continues going down the road that he's been going down, I can tell you it's going to be in Toronto. That's not the issue here. Okay. Um, you know, we're just, to me, you know, until we, we're on the same page and I know he's coming back and, his, you know, there was no point in us signing a contract. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful that Adam will be back this year. You know, like I said, not going to be somewhere else. It's going to be in Toronto. So, um, you know, we're just waiting on him, him to, you know, fully, uh, give us our, his commitment. So I'm hopeful that'll happen. Okay. And, you know, and that's all part of the process too, right? It's a little posturing. It's a little back and forth. It's like, I'm going to make you wait. Yeah, you people make me that, wait. It, totally. Yeah. And, and the expansion back, like, so the expansion thing, like you're not to get sidetracked. No, here, it's fine. That's what it's all draft. about. There's so much more to all of this than people know back to the information and whatever. And, and there's a lot to it. Guys are exposed because they're, they're free agents. And if they're a free agent, you know, that. So yeah, trying to predict like the guy, expansion draft was virtually impossible for an outsider looking in. Right. Like, so let's take Billy Hostrosser, for example. Like, I don't protect Billy Hostrosser. Um, you know, Billy Hostress are a very important part to our team, wears a letter on our team, 
been with me for probably 10 years now. Love him. One of my favorites. And, and I think a great player. But we don't protect him in that because he's an unrestricted free agent. So if Dallas drafts him in that, he could really say, no, the thanks. only way that – well, the only way that they can – Keep him there guaranteed is to draft him. Franchise him. And franchise tag him. Yeah. And and they're not going to do that with a guy like Billy. You know, they might have done that with a guy like Corbeil. Right. But, you know, they weren't going to do it with a guy like Billy. So, you know, there there's a lot that goes into that. And, and it's just like these contracts. Like, you know, w- 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 like why was it Rosie or, or Dawson? You know, Dawson's – not protected in the expansion draft because he's over 34 and he can reject the franchise tag. So I don't have to protect him yeah. because so if that was took him, that, that... he would reject his franchise tag and then I would just sign him as a free agent. So yeah. um, these are the things you know, that like need those... to become public knowledge, Jamie. Like, so people understand they, they do, they do. And, yeah. and that's why I wanted to kind of join you here. And when you go, you, you go through like free agency and stuff like, you know, I didn't get a couple contracts. I got a couple guys signed, you know, before the, 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 um, just after free agency. And I just haven't got those contracts in and I was trying to get them done before August 1st, but you know, and some guys had signed and this and that, and people are saying, Oh my God, I can't believe these guys are available. Like (laughs) they're not, you know, (laughs) listen, I, I can only speak for myself. Yeah. I'm well aware of what's going on in Toronto and what everyone's status is and who's available and who's not available. And, you know, if I'm worried about a guy, I'm going to do something about it. You know, I, you know, Rosie not signing, I, you know, I didn't get Rosie's done because I was waiting on someone else's contract to see what I was going to do. You know, they all affect one and another. Right. So, you know, I knew Rosie wasn't going anywhere. So if he technically wasn't signed on August 1st, you know, like I'm not worried I'm losing Rosie to another team. So those kind of things, there's a lot of that in our league that, you know, we all know and, and everyone in the loop knows, but, you know, we need to deliver that better to the general population and the general public so that, you know, they understand it better and aren't asking all these questions and being confused about what's going on. Yeah, and then idiots like me give them the wrong answer. <laughs> Hey, listen, man, that was uh, a monster first period right there. We almost just went 45 minutes. So let's uh, wow. let's take a quick break here. You get a little sip of water, keep the, keep the whistle wet, and we'll go to period number two and get into some quick sticks next. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, let's take a quick break. We're back on EP144, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, right after this. Associated Labels and Packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hi, it's Gandalf. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into period number two here on EP 144. Just going three periods. It's Jake Elliott and the owner, president, general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick with me. It's uh, time for quick sticks here, Jamie, but not before I tell you about our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know about these guys, but if you're new to it, 
Let me tell you about brand representation. You'll know all about this, Jamie. Packaging is a vehicle to introduce new customers to your product and brand. Whether online or on store shelves, imagine a potential customer coming across your product for the first time. The first thing they notice is likely your packaging. According to recent studies, you have about eight seconds to make an impactful first impression. And you can relate this to to your brand, your logo. When people walk into the track, the first thing they see is the logo. And this is what Associate Labels and Packaging is talking about. That first eight seconds when they see your product. Let these people help you improve things for your company. Labels, packaging, AssociatedLP.com is where you can find them. And they're the best in the business. And they've been on board since day one of the podcast and we can't thank them enough as uh time for quick sticks here jamie and you know i got all these signings down here listed there's been a bunch over this last week so i think i'll probably gloss over those so we'll get into the meat of the quick sticks and then maybe finish off with that um Good buddy and and proprietor of the lacrosse flash, Tyson Geik. He's been doing a lot of work with the Halifax Thunderbirds on their social channels uh, over the last six, eight months. Tyson is off to Halifax, moving across the country. He's leaving Vancouver. He's going to Halifax to become the brand new director of communications for the Halifax Thunderbirds. Super pumped for Geik, and uh, he's going to do a fantastic job there. I saw this uh, come across my timeline here, Jamie. I don't know how much you can tell me about this, but uh, it looks like Brian Lemon has gone out and, and recruited one Don Koharski to help out with uh, a little bit of officiating here. Maybe some rules, tweaks. Out of you t- Tell me about Don Koharski and what, what he's doing with the NLL. Yeah, well, um, I just met Don. So he was in town for the uh, second weekend of the uh, junior the junior show uh, tournament there and then spent the week there watching major series lacrosse. Um, you know, he, he's been hired by the league and kind of take over uh, a part of the officiating crew. And I spent a lot of time with Don over that week. Uh, you know, and I, I tell you like the, this guy's, this guy's great. I he's mean, legit. what a beauty personally. <laughs> and, you know, he, he, he's not just one of the best hockey refs ever. He's got an extensive lacrosse background you know, played I didn't know back that. in the day, coached Eddie Como in oh. Hamilton when Eddie was a little guy. And, and uh, you know, he, he, he's not, he's a lacrosse guy. And he says to me, he said to me, lacrosse has always been my passion. And, uh, you know, I know he made quite an impression on the GMs and scouts that were around from all the teams over, over the weekend. And, you know, I know it sounds like he's made quite an impression on the referees too. So, Seems everyone's pretty excited about him, Coho, making uh, yeah. quite an impression around the league. And well, uh, it's fu- I, I, re- I really enjoyed getting to chat with him and, and getting to know him. It's funny you say that because, like, going to Canucks games when I was a kid, I always remembered hearing the name Koharski. And it wasn't, it wasn't in a positive light because Canucks fans were obviously no. – but it was, screw you, Koharski. Like, I, I always remember hearing the name Koharski when I went to, to NHL games. So I, I'm pretty fired up about this uh we may have to get uh get him on the program here in the upcoming months uh i want to keep mentioning i want to you'd like you'd like him yeah. you'd like him for sure and, and he'd do that he'd do that for sure and uh you know i think that's a great great job by brian lemon getting him on board 
gives Brian some help, which he's which he needs because his plate is very full. Yes, and uh, indeed, yeah. my my hats off to Brian on that one for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, I want to mention this: Ty Marrow, uh, formerly of the Georgia Swarm, has now started doing some writing for Lacrosse Flash, and this is a guy that. You know, I don't think he knew a whole lot about lacrosse when he came into the to the position that he had with Georgia, but he has really immersed himself into the sport and become a real avid and knowledgeable person and, and now doing some writing for The Flash, which I, uh, b- you know, believe that is, is the best outlet for your box lacrosse and NLL news. They do some PLL stuff as well. So uh, Ty Merrill is now on The Flash team, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Uh, updates here for, for all the different leagues going around. I'll end off with Ontario, Jamie, because I know you can speak to that, but, uh, the BC junior a league is down to the final four. I believe Victoria won the, the Island series over there on the Island. So they're done on the Island. It's down to Poco and Coquitlam in a series, New West and Burnaby in a series. The two winners will play a best of five for the mainland champ. So those games are, are literally going on all week long as we speak as they they kind of come down the finish in their season the xll is down to, to playoff time as well jamie i know you've been watching xll across uh semi-final is coming up we had to do like a major math equation because all teams finished at two and two so it came down to goals four divided by goals again i don't even know how it happened i'm not a math guy but we'll figure out uh, who's playing in the semi and who gets the buy into the final which will be on August 22nd. Now, with that being said, I am actually going to be back in Cornwall, Ontario. I'll be on a plane, actually, when that game goes down, unfortunately. But me and uh, Tedward Jenner are, are going back east to, to the Turtle Dome, man, and we're calling a U19 showcase event here that I'm real like, I'm so fired up to get to the Turtle Dome. You can tell me, have you been to the Turtle Dome? No, I've never been there, so uh, I'm jealous. I'd like to see it. People are telling me it is the best place to watch a lacrosse game. So I I think you just kind of feel – it's like, you know, when you go into the ILA on Six Nations, you kind of get a different vibe when when you're around there. I think the same thing with the Turtle Dome. They're in Cornwall, yeah, I've so heard some great, I've heard some crazy stories. Yeah, me too. Coming man. out of there back in the day, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, I, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy that for sure. So, that should be, uh, yeah, that should be a great Survivor. Event. I want to get this right. Survivor Cup, I believe it is called. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to that here in a second, but um, WLA Showcase Junior A's had a game against all the draftable players and and that weren't playing in the playoffs essentially in BC junior lacrosse played a game. And then they had like the last two years of draft picks in and split up into three teams and, and kind of played a, a series of mini games, <clears throat> excuse me on Saturday. And, and me and Brad Challoner or Brad Challoner and I, as I can hear my girlfriend correcting me right now, called this thing. And man, there is going to, and it's going to be the same thing in the MSL. I would think Jamie, but there is going to be like a big influx of young talent just getting inserted into these leagues. Like, for guys that haven't played in almost two years. Yeah, there will be, but it's also tough because, you know, we're going to really, we're going to all have two draft classes as well, you know, plus let's say one year's free agents because, I mean, there wasn't a lot, you know, this year was maybe a little slower than most years because we already did this pretty well a year ago, right? Yeah. Um, Without playing. So, you know, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Like, um, you know, every team's in a different situation. I didn't have a lot of draft picks last year, so 
it doesn't really affect me that way. But, you know, there'll be teams bringing in tons of guys that, you know, are fighting for maybe one or two spots or or pushing you know, maybe some vets out of the league, you know. Well, that's if, it, If man. they show well and then they come in at a, Tough you know, on a rookie right? contract and, and yeah. way younger and and all this. So the training camps this year and final rosters, um, you know, for most teams should be rather interesting. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. Tell me about uh, Oakville. You got, got out of the gate 2-0, and if I'm not mistaken. You got another game coming up Wednesday, I think, against another 2-0 and team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, we dropped. Yeah, we're 2-1. We're and one. Okay. We dropped our game last week. We did get out to 2-0. and Dropped our game last week to Colbert. Um on a terrible goal. I'll give Rosie a shout out because you know there there was a good the, the the foot was clearly on the other side of the crease line and and clearly in. So, uh, but hey, listen, that league's not about wins and losses. I mean, listen, we play every game to win, but yeah. you know that was about us getting back, getting the league back, getting eight games in. Um, What's you know, Owen Sound been like? What's not, the bug juicers? Uh, well, they've been a lot good. of Orangeville, I mean, they're, right? They're a lot of Orangeville. They're, they're, yeah, they're they're the same Brampton team, really, minus, um, you know, they're missing Pete and Peterson and, Peterson and uh, some, some hardcore Brampton guys that just weren't. Yeah, like they're top, they're top, a couple of their top players are out, but it's been interesting because, you know, the idea behind this was, you know, a lot of my rock guys that are on the Oakville Rock aren't playing, like Challen and Cree yeah. and Robbie, and, you know, I'm just, you know, they're playing Rock Elite Pro. Uh, I, you know, they don't need to be playing major eight games that mean really nothing. Yeah. Uh, the whole point behind this was, you know, back to what I said about the NLL, we got two years of protected players, two years of drafts picks. You know, when See we start got. next year, you got to get down to a roster of 25. And I currently have 50 guys on my <laughs> roster, plus another draft coming up. So, we needed an opportunity to see kids and, and that's the approach we've taken with Oakville. Um, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're real young. A lot of our draft, you know, we have Ryan Smith's been playing for us, obviously, yeah. you know, he was a second overall pick last year and is already a stud in, in the major series league, whether he's playing with NLL guys or playing against the young guys, you know, guys like Ryan Lanchbury is going to be a, you know, top five pick in the NLL draft this year. We protected a couple of years ago, you know, players like that. So, you know, the teams like Brooklyn that have pretty well had three years of like millions of draft picks, <laughs> you know, all those guys are playing. So they're, they're, yeah. they're some, trading Lyle Thompson. You know, that, will do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, picks. like they, they, while they've only using guys that are in their first three years, let's say, yeah. you know, and then sprinkling in a core Beal here and there, and you know, but you know, they uh, they got a pretty good talent of young players. And so, what you, know, you guys are about halfway through right now. You still got another four games to go. Is there going to be playoffs or anything? Or well, is it just we're eight three, games yeah, and we're done? three deep. Three deep. We play two this week. Uh, uh, I think we play Wednesday and Thursday night this week, so that'll be five games, and then. It was five weeks, uh, eight games over okay. five weeks. And you're using a lot all of NLL the, rules, too, right? All out of the track. NLL rules all, pretty well, most of them, like yeah. kind of what the juniors did. And good. It's been fast, man. I mean, it's been it's been Switch really good to watch. Uh, 
you know, I, I don't know if you probably caught a few of the games, yeah. but, uh, do you ever just you know, sit up in your office and just th- sit back from, from the big chair there and just soak it all in like by your, by yourself? Like, look at, look at this, like looking out over the track oh, yeah. and just seeing full stands and players and like, that must be awesome. It, it is. And it was real special, you know, that first junior a weekend, because, you know, it, me, you know, everyone's been affected by this yeah. pandemic, event, but as far as business goes, you know, we were getting ready for a game against the bandits. And basically since then, you know, a few sh- short periods of time where we could do a little groups outside or whatever, but it had been like 16, 17 months oh, since God, we'd man. done anything in that building. I was worried. And I forgot to see that first yeah. junior, junior weekend was just, you know, and really since then it's been three weeks of chaos and, uh, it's you know, crazy. Following all it's the just, regulations, you and, go from and whatever, nothing to like, just overload. Like, oh, dude, you yeah. have no idea. Like, I'm, I'm not complaining. No, but, no, I no. Mean, and I want to, know, t- I want to talk really about the, the only place too. that can really do these things right now. Yeah. Like, because we're not dealing with towns. Like, well, I just have to follow. You know, being a private facility, I need to follow the government's rules, and and that's really it. Whereas, you know, to play these games other places. You know whether there's ice in there or you got to deal yeah, with the towns. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you and guys have just, done an amazing job. I do want to talk about the juniors here, but a couple more quick sticks to mention, and uh, one of them is the NCBS champions, San Diego Royals, who took out the Armory from upstate New York down at the USA Box of Nationals, and I caught a little bit of this as well. Of course, Steve Govett's uh, boy Jake on the team scored just a crazy goal. I, I don't know if illegal pocket or what's going on there. I don't know if you saw that thing, Jamie, but uh, congratulations. I did. It yeah. was, uh, I <laughs> talked to Steve today, actually. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that was, you know, I mean, to me, that's a John Grant Jr. goal. Like, <laughs> you know, Jr. throws all these crazy things that, yeah. you know, have no business going in the net, and, and they go in. So Well, he you watched know, him, like right? Said, He's a little I, kid watching Jr. in his yeah, prime in listen, Colorado. Jake, Jake. Jake Govett's a good lacrosse player, and going to uh, Delaware too. You know, he 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 can play, and and listen, he's been watching that stuff. You know, he knew what he was doing. It was probably his only play, but yeah, what what a goal! Yeah, and, pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, it seems like that was a pretty. Uh, pretty successful event yeah it's getting bigger and better man like you know they got all the young kids and the travel teams and the club teams and stuff going but this this collegiate box league that they got going for the older guys now and giving them a chance to play proper box and and put something on the line for it down there in the states like these guys have not had this opportunity before and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I love to see it, man. Yeah. Uh, Tyson and Chuck were down there doing the content for, for Matty Brown and, and Santos and all those guys. So uh, kudos to, to the entire USA Box organization for, for pulling off just a fantastic weekend. Um, what else do I got down here? Parkville 80 Lacks pick of the week. I don't know. If Steve Govett actually mentioned. Steve, he retweeted this. I, this came across. Just, I just wanted to give these guys a shout-out, man, because they, they hooked a kid up who was – you know, disabled in a, excuse me, in a wheelchair with kind of like a, it almost looked like a a catapult set up. I don't know if you saw this, Jamie, but the kid had like a a lacrosse stick on his chair with like, it was like spring loaded. So he could, he could play pass with his, with his brother or his dad from his wheelchair by using this spring. And I just thought like these people deserve some recognition for, for helping this kid out. Awesome. Just awesome, man. I mean, (laughs) 
It was so good to Lacrosse see. Lacrosse I mean, for everybody, let, right? Yeah, listen, the Denver community is real good about that. Um, and Steve probably picked that up. Uh, you know, DU and Matt Brown, the, the, the programs they do for these kids. Yeah, wheelchair stuff, lacrosse stuff, is man. huge and, in Denver. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And uh, listen, man, it's awesome. I mean, I, my, I take my hat off to those guys, too. Like, you know, just giving a kid an opportunity. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's so good, man. And speaking of awesome, I got to give some props out here. I've been a little hard <clears throat> on the OJ over the last few months with everything going on with the 22s and the TLL and all the rest of it. It's been hard to kind of keep tabs on and keep straight here in the West. But what they accomplished over the last couple of weeks there at the track has been nothing short of miraculous and and i think it starts at the top there with uh council councilman grimes mark grimes what the new commissioner of the oj and, and what he has done the rebrand his daughter colleen all the work that she has put in on the social channels like you want to know and learn how to run a league account or a team account social media just have a look at what the ojll is doing via social media it has been spectacular and then you add on to the gameplay that you know they, they incorporated the new rules everything's going down at the track there it all comes down to to st kitts and, and brampton in the final the st catharines who were scheduled to host the minto cup they had a loaded up team they, they come out on top 14 13 but you were there jamie you saw this firsthand give me give me your thoughts on on what the ojll accomplished here over the last couple of weeks it's been pretty miraculous with the free streams on jvi and and all those guys doing the job like just fantastic top to bottom so i i tap my stick i tip my cap to to everybody at the ojll and, and everything that they have done here over the you know it's been longer than a couple of weeks but what we've seen in front of our eyes yeah i you know yeah, they're the they were the first ones back. I mean, they were the ones they wanted to be the first ones back playing, and you know they got it. They got a pretty good group there. I mean, obviously, Mark Mark's very connected with a lot of things, and I think that probably helped them originally in, in trying to get back to play. Then things were lifted, so it it made everything go a lot smoother. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned yeah. So Mark Mark Mark's leadership at the top and connections are great. You know, the kind of guy behind the scenes, his deputy commissioner, Bob Cleveland, brilliant. You know, they're they're kind of a good combination. You know, Mark's out doing his thing, talking to people, generating sponsors, things like this. But Bob's very, you know, behind the scenes, very good at all that stuff. And Fiona as well, helping out. So, you know, Colleen, unbelievable. She is killing it. And, you know, I take my hat off to them because... Really, we just rented the facility to them for the, for this past uh, three weekends. You know, they ran everything. They were in charge of all the protocols, and and, and they 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 killed it, killed it like everything. And and they put on a great event. You know, they 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 followed all the protocols. They enforced all those rules. Yeah, I didn't have to say one thing once over three weekends. And and obviously, to me, that was very important because at the end of the day, I'm probably the one that's gonna. You know, if we're yeah, not doing something right, I, I'm the one that's going to soak it. So yeah. uh, they, they did an unbelievable job, and, and I take my hat off to them, and, and it was great to see them back out there and, and, and leading the way, and, and they, they should be commended. And, you know, the free webcast, 
Oh, man, like I, sponsorship deal. I mean, that that's huge. It like, is. It is. Like so he said, like I listened to Mark, he raised a hundred grand right off the get go to make this happen. And I know that doesn't happen impressive. easily. It it's is impressive. It, it, but you know, like, I, I sit here in the West, Jamie, and, and I like, I'm not going to sit here and bash the BCJ or the WLA because I, you know, I'm connected to those leagues and, and there's good people involved there, but to see the difference of what Ontario has been able to do here coming out of the pandemic to compared to what BC has done has been night and day. And it's been like, quite frankly, it's, it's been a little disappointing to, to be out here and not like, it's been two years since people have seen your product. Timing. I know. Timing, man. I know. You can see here was the thing like BC. If you look back at it, BC was ahead of us in all these return to play things. And you guys started ahead of us. But I think because of that, because we were under stricter rules, we were forced to go back a little later, and More then those rules plan. opened up. Yeah. So they, when when we found out that we were moving ahead to stage three, and and there was really the only restriction in my building was fifty percent capacity, screening, COVID screening. You know, uh, they could go ahead with. You know, I I think they now it was killer on those kids. They played four games. To play four junior A games in it's a tough. weekend, That's two tough. on Saturday and two on Sunday, That's and then come really back tough. and do it the following weekend. Yeah, there were there were a lot of injuries that that took place, and you know that that's just a lot of, you know, right from the very first whistle and the very first weekend, like it was just end to end with the new NLO rules, and it was just. Uh, you and know, it's super, been in your face. Crazy. Like I've, I felt like more connected and up to date on what's happening back east than I have in BC. And I guess that's that's my issue. Like that's Colleen, right? I, it is. And there, you know, like some teams are doing a little bit of webcasting. Some teams are doing nothing. Like league accounts have been dormant. And I, and I just like, I mean, your product has been out of the the public eye for two years. Here's your opportunity, and and. I don't know what it is, man. Trent, like you, you sit on a board there in the NLL and in the MSL. I'm assuming, and and sometimes trying to get seven, eight people to agree on something can almost be impossible. But I think like some teams need to take a little responsibility for themselves too. And and like it, I like honestly, I had to like look on the website, and the website was wrong. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what is going on here? Like, anyways, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and just rag on on what's happening in BC. I am more. I guess where I'm going here is that I've been ultra impressed what is happening in Ontario with both major and and the OJ, which has yeah, been no, a, they, been a bit of a, a coin flip on where I was at, you know, probably six months ago. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'll, you know, right listen when, when 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 Ontario does something stupid, I'm gonna say it, and I think when BC like is not pulling their weight. I, I, I feel obligated to say the same thing. Like, uh, that's my journalistic integrity on the line right there as well, too, Jamie. Like, if I, if I, if I just sit here and just honk the BC horn the whole time, then people aren't going to take me serious. So, yeah, I've been a little, no, you a do little a good critical. Job. You do a good job with that, and I understand you got ties to those leagues out there more than the ones out here. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, listen, 
it's all our responsibilities to, to do good things and, and good things will be said. And if you're not doing good things, then sometimes you know, a little tough love to is in order, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just need yeah. to, to say it and, and whether you yeah. like hearing it or not, sometimes things need to be said. So one last, uh, quick stick here, man. And like, I, if you want to know everybody that signed over the last week here in the national crossing, just go to the NLL website, nll.com slash transaction page. And you can see all those signings i like to bring this up every week jamie the nll 35 moments and uh, th- this one is the 30th anniversary team so this is what five years ago i guess um i think i voted on this way back then but top 30 uh well top five jt gary gate john grant colin doyle paul gate um you've seen the, the top 30 list is there anybody like on there you think doesn't belong or maybe somebody that's not on there that you think does you know what i honestly i didn't go through it too 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 much right now like i can't I mean, disagree I, with listen, anything really I, the, like, the, the, the top five is if you want for me if you want to take just top five most best offensive players i i think they've nailed it it's bang on for me they couldn't have done any better you know if you want to talk about you know three forwards and two defenders and a goalie, you know, as the top lineup, then you could go that way. But yeah, I mean, listen, they got a bunch of great players on there, you know, well, give me, okay. So you got your top, so give me your top, top two defenders and your top goaltender. Okay. Well, if you're going to go, um, well, listen, if I'm going to go top two defenders, I'm probably going to go, well, my goalie's Bob Watson. Okay. Um, my backup will be Chugger. Okay. Uh, and I mean, like, listen. I think if you're going to put a couple defenders in there, I mean, well, put a tranny you know, guy in there as well. Two defenders in a transition. Well, guy. I was going to give you a Veltman and Brody. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, there, there's two Veltman for sure. The guy's gotta... got like 17 championships or something like. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, what he did, and listen, I mean, if you know, you want to put one transition player in there, but I mean, you know what Brody's done in this league over the years. Um, got to get a championship. Brody's got to get a ring. No, I, well, I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully. I'm not taking anything. You know, yeah, no, I get it. I'm not taking anything yeah, away from his career. No, he's the best. He's the goat. But he's getting old. He deserves and, a ring. You know, is what I, I got, should say. He does deserve a ring, and uh, you know, I I plan on getting the next couple. So he's gonna have to play <laughs> a few more than a couple of years. But uh, you're you're right. You you love to. I would know, love to see Brody won, get. He's one, won yeah. everywhere else. Yeah. It just shows you how tough it is to win in the NLL. No that doubt. he hasn't won here. I mean, he's been close, and he's been a great player his entire career. But you know, it's a team game, and and you know, sometimes in those team sports, you know, Dan Marino never won a championship either. Yeah, so, uh, no, it's true. It's true. You know, he. I don't think that tarnishes legacies for me in in team sports. Like, you know, I always no, man. Argue like you look at Barkley, Carl Malone, that it didn't matter. He yeah. was great regardless. But yeah. uh, you know, it's a, it is a nice bonus, that's for sure. Um, if I can put my two cents in, I think I go Matt Vince in goal. Just you know, championships, all the rest of it, goaltenders of the year. I, I think I go Vino, probably probably because he's a little closer to my vintage than than yours. Veltman's definitely in there. Pat Coyle, I think, was a nasty piece of business. Like, nobody liked playing lacrosse when Pat Coyle was was out on the turf. So, I think he makes my list as well. Man, that was another (laughs) – 
monster beer. I, I hope you're coming back because I'm keeping you long here, Jamie. But uh, Quick Sticks is now over. We got one more period to go, and it's our Stampede Stallion of the Week. We'll look forward to it on the other side here of EP144 on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is John Tavares, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lax Glasses. We're in the third period here, and because we're only going three quarters, I got to mention Stampede Attack a couple of times here. Wherever your summer adventures may take you, be sure to include Stampede Attack out there in Cloverdale. They have you covered with a great selection. <laughs> A great selection, a great selection of riding and western gear to help you enjoy your summer fun. By riding gear, we mean more than horseback riding. Stampede offers a wide array of motorcycle leathers, including boots, gloves, chaps, and vests. I know you're big on those, Jamie. Stampede Tack and Western Wear, located out there in Cloverdale, Highway 10, 180th since 1966. Stampede.ca. Where shopping online is still shopping local. Jamie, I, I hope you got your, your hat cinched up and your boots uh, on here because it's time to head for the Stampede Stables. Can you give me a, your best uh, horse horse impersonation there? Like, Evan would I don't know no, if I want to do that. <laughs> Evan wouldn't do it either. I honestly don't know why I do it. I feel like I'm obligated now. We have reached the Stampede Stables here. It is my selection this week. We talked off about the top. It's your pick next week, so you got uh, seven days to come up with it here. But I am going with, uh, and, and fittingly so, with St. Catharines just winning the OJ championship the iroquois cup one joel mccready champion with the rochester nighthawks teammate of the year and and another one of these guys that just works his bag off every single shift he's out there never heard a, a guy say a bad word about one joel mccready what, what what do you know about joel and tell me your experience with him well, I, I, that's a great pick because, you know, like I do listen to your sh- your, your podcast and, and to me that defines what the Stampede Stallion is. I mean, I, I met Joel when he was playing, when, when I, I think he came in the league right around when I, uh, when I came, when I bought the team playing in Rochester. Um, he was always tough, man. He just, he did. He played tough. He could score big goals, wasn't scared to drop the mitts and, you know, just a character guy and. I met him once or twice through Patty McCready. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've always admired him. I mean, if he was a guy that, you know, didn't want to go back out to Vancouver because he lived out there, he would have been a guy I would have always been interested in signing. I just feel like he's a good fit on, on any team. And, yeah. and you need guys like that. And character guy, you know, and I agree with you. I've heard nothing but good things about him. Always and, a smile and, on his uh, face. Uh, firefighter yeah. and just the, the best family man you can ima- imagine. Um, like, he's he's just one of the good ones, man. And, and, like, the numbers are there. 130 games so far. Like, there was a time where Joel was living in Vancouver and still playing in Rochester. And, and I know you've made that trip. And he was doing it on the weekly, going from Vancouver to Rochester. Like, my God, yeah, that would wear you down. You, yeah, you can't do that. I mean, you just can't. Uh, <laughs> you your can't. body, 
You know, like we, we fly six times. I, I, I don't play and we do that flight and I'm, I'm just Toronto from Vancouver and I'm done. It, yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's a comm- and that's, that's, there's lots of guys that do weird stuff like that in our league. And that's the commitment of these players and their love for the game and, and they're wanting to play. So, um, you know, he did it and, and I guess he got the opportunity to go home and took it. But, yeah. um, you know, he's Johnny been Powell's a guy did. that I've Remember enjoyed. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So 136 um, goals, 118 points, 250 or sorry, 118 assists, 254 points to go along with 241 penalty minutes, which I love to see. Started yeah, his career yeah. out the back end and has worked him way, way into a, an offensive role, a high watermark in, in 2014 with 30 G's, 29 following up the next year. Kind of tailed off, had a bit of an injury issue. Uh, the year before, last year, I want to say it seems so hard to remember, but, uh, regardless, I, like you said, I think Joel McCready personifies what a stampede stallion is. So welcome to the stable one, Joel McCready. And of course the stallion of the week brought to you by stampede tack and Western wear long known for being Canada's best variety of Western and cowboy boots. But did you also know they carry a great selection of blundstone and red? Have you ever worn a pair of blundstones, Jamie? I haven't. Oh man, you got to get a pair of these things. They are the best. Like most, the more you wear them, the more comfortable they get, and the better they look. Sort of thing. Right. You got to check these things out. Go to Stampede.ca, where it's still shopping local, and check out Blundstones. And if you buy a pair, just you know, like drop, drop Lax Glass or Jumbo, and you might get a little discount there. Not. Not that you need it, but okay. you might. Uh, head into any town or around the country. Start staring at people's feet. You bet within no time. You'll see a couple of Blundstones there. So, very popular. Very good boot. I own a pair. I love them. I think you will as well. So, check them out. And, and we thank Stampede Tack and Western Wear for their continued support. Uh, before we let you go here, I want to let you know you can follow the show at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page and email as well, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Follow Jamie Dowick on Twitter if you don't. I'm sure you are already, but it's just Dowick, right? Yeah. Verified. Pretty basic. Verified. uh, Verified. Yes, yes, sir. jealous. I'm at PXP for sports. If you want to give me a follow, I would appreciate that as well. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening right now. Hit that subscribe button. Throw down a review if you have a couple extra minutes to Jamie, man, I think we shared a lot of great information in that episode uh, off the top, especially I really appreciate you doing this and, and I hope you come back next week, man. We're going to get you a chance to talk to a couple of hall of famers along the way as well. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm uh, you got me, you got me until you need me jumbo. I, I love helping you out. I'm looking forward to that. Those, the three, it's kind of neat. Those three are left and I might, might be a part of this because, you know, I know Willie pretty well. Uh, you know, Junior a little bit. Casey not as much, but you know, three three incredible yeah. players. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited, man. I, I, uh, That's how you get to know these the guys. That's how you get to know and, uh, these guys having the conversations, right? But they've all like yeah, they're all no. grinding this. Like this is like for for people that don't know, this is like the crazy season for for guys on the road doing camps and getting it in while they can, while there's no lacrosse going on for them. So it's a super busy time for them. So we're hoping in, in the next couple of weeks we'll be able to run these guys down and have a chat. Calls to the hall coming back. Awesome. All right, Ben. I think we are done on EP 144. Thanks again to Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, of course, the Associated Labels and Packaging. 
not really the associate labels and packaging, just associate labels and packaging for sponsoring the podcast. Support our sponsors. That's how you keep this podcast going. Thanks to you, the listener, for, for checking us out each and every week. We'll be back next week, every week, right here on the home of Lax Glass Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Jamie Dowick, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.